0: Friends in Christ, tonight, with the whole church, we enter into the time of remembering Jesus' Passover from death to life, and our life in Christ is renewed. We begin this holy season by acknowledging our need for repentance and for God's mercy. We are created to experience joy and communion with God, to love one another, and to live in harmony with creation. But our sinful rebellion separates us from God, our neighbors, and creation. And so we do not enjoy the life God, our Creator, intended. As disciples of Jesus, we're called to a discipline that contends against evil and resists whatever leads us away from God, love of God and neighbor. I invite you, therefore, to the discipline of Lent, self-examination and repentance, prayer and fasting, sacrificial giving and works of love, strengthened by the, word, the gifts of word and sacrament. Let us continue our journey through these 40 days to the great three days of Jesus' death and resurrection. And let us therefore confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most holy and merciful God, we confess to you and to one another, and before the whole company of heaven, that we have sinned by our fault, by our own fault, by our own own most grievous fault, in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done, and by what we have left undone.
1: We have not loved you with our whole heart and mind and strength. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We have not forgiven others as we have been forgiven. Have Have mercy mercy on us, us, O God. God.
0: We have shut our ears to your call to serve as Christ served us. We have not been true to the mind of Christ. We have grieved your Holy Spirit. Have Have mercy mercy on us, us, O O God. God.
1: Our past unfaithfulness, the pride, envy, hypocrisy, and apathy that have infected our lives, we confess to you. Have Have mercy mercy on us, us, O God. God.
0: Our self-indulgent appetites and ways and our exploitation of other people, we confess to you. Have Have mercy mercy on on us, us,
1: O O God. God. Our negligence, In prayer and worship and our failure to share the faith that is in us we confess to you have Have mercy mercy on us O God God.
0: our neglect of human need and suffering and our indifference to injustice and cruelty we confess to you have Have mercy mercy on on us O O God.
1: God our false judgments our uncharitable thoughts toward our neighbors, and our prejudice and contempt toward those who are different from us, we confess to you. Have Have mercy mercy on us, us, O O God. God.
0: Our waste and pollution of your creation and our lack of concern for those who come after us, we confess to you. Have Have mercy mercy on us, us,
1: O O God. God. Restore us, O God and let your anger depart from us. Hear us, us, O God, God, for for your your mercy is is great.
0: Almighty God, you have created us out of the dust of the earth. May these ashes be a sign of our mortality and penitence, reminding us that only by the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ are we given eternal life through the same Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. We invite you to come forward this evening as the Spirit moves you to receive the imposition of ashes. We'll invite you to come down the center aisle and one at a time come to either station. So please, as the Spirit moves you, come forward.
2: According to the multitude of thy mercies, do away mine offenses. Wash me thoroughly from my wickedness, and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my faults, and my sin is ever before. hath my mother conceived it But lo, thou requirest truth in the inward hearts, and shalt make me to understand wisdom secretly. Thou shalt purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Thou shalt wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Turn thy face from my sins, and put out all my misdeeds. Make me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Then shall I teach thy ways unto the wicked, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Deliver me from blood, guiltiness, O God, thou that art the God of my health, and my tongue shall sing of thy righteousness. Thou shalt open my lips, O Lord, and my mouth shall show thy presence. For thou desirest not sacrifice, else would I give his thee. But thou delightest not in birds of the race. The sacrifice of God is a troubled spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, shalt thou not despise. O be favorable and gracious unto Sion, if thou the want of Jerusalem. Then shalt thou be pleased with the sacrifice of righteousness, with the burnt offerings and oblations. Then shall they offer young bullocks upon thine old altar. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, now. No.
1: Accomplish in us, O God, the work of your salvation, that we may show forth your glory in the world. By the cross and the passion of your Son, our Savior,
2: bring us with all your saints to the joy of his resurrection.
1: Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through our Lord Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life.
0: Amen. Amen. Lord be with you let us pray almighty and ever-living God you hate nothing you have made and you forgive the sins of all who are penitent create in us new and honest hearts so that truly repenting of our sins we may receive from you the God of all mercy full pardon and forgiveness through your son Jesus Christ our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God,
3: now and forever. Amen. The first reading is from Joel, chapter 2. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Sound the alarm on my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming, it is near. A day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and thick darkness. Like blackness spread upon the mountains, a great and powerful army comes. Their like has never been from of old, nor will be again after them in ages to come. Yet even now, says the Lord, return to me. With all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning, rend your hearts and not your clothing. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and relents from punishing. Who knows whether he will not turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him, a grain offering and a drink offering for the Lord. Your God, blow the trumpet in Zion, sanctify a fast, call a solemn assembly, gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the aged, gather the children, even infants at the breast. Let the bridegroom leave his room and the bride her canopy. Between the vestibule and the altar, let the priests, the ministers of the Lord, Weep, and let them say, Spare your people, O Lord, and do not make your heritage a mockery, a byword among the nations. Why should it be said among the peoples, Where is their God?
4: The second reading is from 2 Corinthians chapter 5 to uh, chapter 6, verse 10. We entreat you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God, As we work together with him, we urge you also not to accept the grace of God in vain. For he says, At an acceptable time I have listened to you, and on a day of salvation I have helped you. See, now is the acceptable time. See, now is the day of salvation. We are putting no obstacle in anyone's way. So that no fault may be found with our ministry. But as servants of God, we have commended ourselves in every way. Through great endurance, in afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, sleepless nights, hunger. By purity, knowledge, patience. Kindness, holiness of spirit, genuine love, truthful speech, and the power of God. With the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left. In honor and dishonor, in ill repute and good repute. We are treated as imposters and yet are true. As unknown and yet are well known. As dying and see we are alive, as punished and yet not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing and yet possessing everything.
1: The Gospel, according to Matthew, the sixth chapter. Glory Glory to you, you, O Lord. Jesus said to the disciples, Beware of practicing your piety before others in order to be seen by them, for then you have no reward from your Father in heaven. So whenever you give alms, do not sound a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, so that they might be praised by others. but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust consume and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust consumes and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The Gospel of the Lord praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. Two verses from that gospel lesson will actually be the beginning and the end. The first, beware of practicing your piety before others in order to be seen by them. Then the concluding verse For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Today, we move into the season of Lent, which is a season of great personal pieties for many of you. It's a time where we see Jesus turn his face toward Jerusalem and to the cross, and we are encouraged to do the same. Recognizing Jesus' journey to be crucified on Good Friday. It's a time often associated with personal repentance for our own sinfulness. To look at the cross is to look at ourselves. To see Jesus crucified is to recognize why Jesus was crucified. For the forgiveness of sins. Traditionally, this was also a period of abstinence and renunciation of various things. The idea of that practice, of course, was to focus our minds and our hearts on God during this season. This was the tradition of Lent, and it very well might be something many of you practice to this day. I have to tell you, though, for me, personally... I've always viewed it slightly different, and the reason has to do with my background. I grew up in Mount Angel, Oregon. It's a very small town about 20 miles east of Salem, which is overwhelmingly Roman Catholic. There is a monastery and seminary on a hill. The town, by the way, is less than 2,000 people. There's a convent in town. The public elementary school is located on Church Street, and it's called St. Mary's Elementary School. And it is truly across the road from St. Joseph's Catholic Church, the only building of more than four stories in the entire town. In fact, before 1969, there was no public school in Mount Angel. The only schools were run by the church. And that's why the name, by the way, is still St. Mary's. It was gifted to the, to the town. The high school, though, they thought they would secularize it. And instead of it being called St. Benedict's Preparatory School, it's now John F. Kennedy High School. <laughs> making it Catholic and secular all at once. <laughs> Now I only share all of that because it really did mean something for those of us who lived in Mount Angel who were Protestant. As a result, in my family, frankly, we didn't do many of the renunciations or abstinence of things from Lent because that's what all our Catholic friends did. And I can't say that in my young life, This spirit of ecumenical thought was present in my life. I didn't usually look at my friends and see their practice and respect it for the meaning that it was. Instead, we tended to do something else. We made fun of it. We would caricature them in the Lutheran Church as doubled over with the guilt of not being able to please God. Quite frankly, we essentially just assumed all Catholics were just like Martin Luther before he discovered grace. (laughs) This was wildly unfair and not, frankly, an appropriate thing to do. And frankly, my only real defense is that I was a kid and I was going along with others. But I share that only because I think for some of us, This caricature of Lent can be alive in us in some ways. That Lent is somehow really about guilt and shame. And I share that because I think the fear of guilt during this season isn't just something we see as troubling for those people over there. And I believe that's why we Protestants in Mount Angel would poke fun is that it was easier for us to point the finger at them than face the reality that we felt like we were in the same boat. The fear we all hold as we focus on our own mortality. That we are going to die, and we recognize that the reason we die is because of sin. As Paul says, the wages of sin is death. So when we focus upon the cross the way we do through this journey in Lent, I fear that we can feel isolated and alone. I, the sinner before God, fail to do what is what God requires of me, and thus I die. I remember that I am dust, and to dust I shall return. That feeling can be bleak. Is that all that I really am? Dust? By that logic, forget about these words Jesus tells us about practicing our piety in front of others. Maybe I shouldn't even bother with piety at all. After all, if I'm just dust, what's the point? It's a terrifying and isolating experience if you're in that state of mind. If I am a miserable sinner who comes to Jesus before the cross with all my sins, meaning all the bad things I have done, I don't know that I can help but to feel that guilt as a lowly transgressor who is nothing more than dust before an almighty, perfect God. And I think that picture could be a hard one if we're in it because it's hard to find much grace there. I'd like now to shift to the last part of our reading for this morning, or this evening. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Aside from the context of treasures in heaven rather than on earth, I suggest for tonight focusing on something else. You have a treasure. It's yours. That's a completely different tone than I alone before Almighty God. Instead, you are one holding a treasure in your possession. Jesus warns us to build up treasure in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. What does that imply? It implies the treasure that we have, that real treasure, is one that will not be destroyed and will not be stolen. It will remain and endure. And that treasure is not located somewhere out there, but right where our heart is. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also that says that our heart is also a place where moth and rust do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. It's the place where Jesus holds you tightly to himself. It's not so much the poor, miserable sinner coming before the righteous God, but instead is God coming to you right where you are. The incarnation. Jesus becoming human. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Which means if you can look at your heart, your treasure is there. Sometimes you can see it. Other times you might be in a place where you can't. But it's always there with you and has been this whole time. That's where Christ clings to you. That's our treasure. See, we confess in our service today that we are sinful. And we are sinful. But it is far less about my personal terrible sins alone. But instead... That we are all living in this broken world that is corrupted by the power of sin, death, and pain. The language we use regularly regularly when we confess is we are in bondage to sin and cannot free ourselves. It tells us that we have been indeed corrupted by sin. And yes, we do continue to sin, and we can't do anything about it we continue to do so as Paul says the good that I would I do not yet the evil that I would not I do it is a tragic tale but rather than that being isolating as if it was me personally before God I hope you can see the community in that No one is uniquely sinful over against all others. Where your heart is, there is your treasure. And it's the same treasure for each one of us. Remember, you are dust, and to dust you shall return. I wonder if you can see the grace in that statement. The way that's a treasure. On the one hand, it sounds like it's, frankly, about the moth and rust rust destroying. About dust. And it is. We become dust at our death. But on the other hand, is becoming dust really that much of a problem? We were formed from the dust of the earth. And new life in Christ is established exactly in the dust of the earth, in the new heavens and the new earth. We become the creation we were always intended to be. To be dust is not a bad thing. The new creation Christ has brought into this world is made up of dust that has been reclaimed. It is dust, it is treasure. Being dust is not a message of guilt or shame, but freedom and grace. It's saying that no matter what our pieties are during Lent or otherwise, eventually, Christ holds onto us and says there's something within us where your heart is That is a treasure and cannot be destroyed and will be raised on the last day. Thanks be to God. Amen.
0: We cry to you for help, O God, praying for the church, the world, and all those in need. You call your church to fast from injustice. Help us share our treasure with those in need, and teach us to pray as we ought. Lord, in your mercy,
1: hear our prayer. You are the spring whose waters never fail. Repair the damage we have done to this earth. Restore the watershed, the atmosphere, and the delicate balance of ecosystems. Lord, in your mercy,
0: hear hear our our prayer. prayer. You are gracious and merciful. Guide those in authority to serve the common good, to lift up those who live under the yoke of oppression, and to provide fair conditions for all workers. Lord, in your mercy,
1: hear our prayer. You are slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Restore our cities, towns, and rural communities. Use us to build houses for the homeless. Give bread to the hungry and cover the naked. Lord, in your mercy,
0: hear hear our our prayer. prayer. You call us to return to you during the season of Lent. Satisfy our needs when we are in parched places. And make us strong. Lord, in your mercy, hear Hear our our prayer. prayer.
1: We remember all those who have returned to dust, with whom we are one in the body of Christ. Especially this week we remember our brother Dan Bates. Crush our fear of death and give us strength to live with courage. Lord, in your mercy, hear Hear our prayer.
0: Now is the acceptable time to offer our prayers to you, God of grace and truth. Receive them in your mercy and grant us all that we need in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Lord be with you, lift up your hearts, let us give thanks to the Lord our God, it is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you almighty and merciful God through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You bid your people cleanse their hearts and prepare with joy for the Paschal Feast renew our zeal in faith and life, and bring us to the fullness of grace that belongs to the children of God. And so with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Blessed are you, O God of the universe. Your mercy is everlasting and your faithfulness endures from age to age. Praise to you for creating the heavens and the earth. Praise to you for saving the earth from the waters of the flood. Praise to you for bringing the Israelites safely through the sea. Praise to you for leading your people through the wilderness to the land of milk and honey. Praise to you for the words and deeds of Jesus, your anointed one. Praise to you for the death and resurrection of Christ. Praise to you for your spirit poured out on all nations. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, Jesus took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. With this bread and cup, we remember our Lord's Passover from death to life. As we proclaim the mystery of faith, Christ is died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. O God of resurrection and new life, Pour out your Holy Spirit on us and on these gifts of bread and wine. Bless this feast. Grace our table with your presence. Come Come, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Reveal yourself to us in the breaking of the bread. Raise us up as the body of Christ for the sake of the world. Breathe new life into us. Send us forth burning with justice, peace, and love. Come Holy Spirit. With your holy ones of all times and all places, with the earth and all its creatures, with sun and moon and stars, we praise you, O God, blessed and holy Trinity, now and forever. Amen. Amen. invite you to be seated, and as soon as the communion servers are in place, we'll invite you to come forward. Dan and I will be serving, so we'll serve on this side first, ask you to come down the center aisle and return by the side aisle, and then we'll switch places and serve this side. Pastor Ben will serve those in our corral and in the balcony. Um, This is Christ's meal, and it's Christ who bids you come. And now may the body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, strengthen you and keep you in his grace. Amen. Let us pray. Compassionate God, you have fed us with the bread of heaven. Sustain us in our Lenten pilgrimage. May our fasting be hunger for justice, our alms a making of peace, and our prayer a song of grateful hearts. This we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. Now please rise for the benediction. May God, who has called us forth from the dust of the earth and claimed us as children of the light, strengthen you in your journey into the life renewed. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord's face shine on you with grace and mercy. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Amen. Thank you. with the cross of Christ, let us go forth to love and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.